This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Are you doing okay today? Good. If it's your first time here with us at ABC Church, we give you a warm welcome. And if you're listening online, we're glad that you've taken the time to join us. Have any of you ever made a big mistake? I mean, I'm not talking about a weenie weenie little mistake. Have any of you done a big mistake? In fact, I thought it'd be really good right now to do like an open mic session. I thought it'd be great for us to maybe turn the microphone out here and all of you could come out one by one and share the biggest mistake you have ever made in your life. Hands up those of you who think that would be a great idea if we did that this morning. Yeah, right. Yeah, not many of us, is there? Making mistakes is a terrible thing when it happens. I don't know if it's connected, but I'm told that people who are humble are people that are prepared to admit their mistakes. The words and the phrases that they use commonly are phrases like, I'm sorry. That, according to a band, seems to be the hardest word, quite often, to be able to say. Or they'll say, I was wrong. Maybe take some time to reflect on your own life right now. Are you a person that's prepared to admit you're wrong when you're wrong? Or say you're sorry when you've made a mistake or you've hurt or harmed anyone? Apparently, that is a real sign of true humility. I want to tell you, I've made some mistakes in my life, even... You know, recently, I have made some big mistakes. Shall I share with you one mistake? Do you really want to hear? Do you really want to hear this mistake that I made recently? No, I thought I wouldn't share it with you, but I'll share a mistake that my mate Sean did this week. While I was on the phone with him, we were talking, and he was following the satellite navigation system on his car. Any of you got one of those installed? And while we're talking, he's concentrating on two, three things at the same time. And guess what happened? He's on the motorway. And guess what? He went sailing past. His exit. How many of you sailed past an exit and made a mistake? Come on, hands up. Confession time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just a few of you that's honest here this morning that have made a mistake of that nature. I remember a security guard making a mistake, checking me into a hotel once. I arrived into a hotel quite late. And it was about like quarter to 12, and by then the staff had left, and it was just the night security porter that was on. I came up, and I walked up, and I was actually dying to go to the toilet. How many of you know that feeling? For a number one, not a number two. Okay, just, just dying for a pee. Any of you ever been dying for a pee? Anyone in church this morning dying for a pee? And you're trying to hold it in? I've seen kids when they're dying for a pee, they... You see, they walk around with their, with, with, and they, or little boys, they decide to hold things. Have you seen that? I'm dying for a pee. It's a terrible thing. For the, so I had been drinking coffee because I was traveling late. I was trying to keep awake because I'm on this journey. And I r- arrive at the hotel and I book into reception and I'm kind of, I'm just doing this. You know that little, just keep moving. I'm going to shut my bladder off, all the communication that is telling me that I'm busting. And I'm there, and he's fumbling with the room keys. And he's going, oh, what room is this? And I said, is this going to be much longer? I said, because I'm dying to go to the toilet. 
And uh, he said to me, he says, yeah, 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 one minute. It says room number 335, and he puts it in, 335, oh, third floor. So I don't bother with the lift because I couldn't wait. I'm there with my luggage. I'm running 335, 325, 327, 335, I get in the door, and I go through, and it's something, I'm not sure if this just happens to blokes. Does this just happen to blokes? That your lungs are directly connected to your bladder. I'm sure they are. There is a direct connection in the nervous system between your lungs and your bladder. So I sit, I'm a sitter. Any of you guys a sitter or a stander? I'm a sitter, I'm afraid, because I don't like everything splashing everywhere. So I sit down, and then my lungs do that wonderful thing as I sit down, and I'm going, oh, oh, oh that feeling. Any of you know that feeling? You liars, you all know that feeling. Whether you've been on a coach trip and you're dying, you all know that feeling of release. When you, and I'm there, oh, oh, this is great. Oh. And I get up, and as I'm washing my hands, I'm, I see somebody's <laughs> stuff is in the bathroom. And I'm looking around, and I can see someone's shaving kit and everything else like that. And I'm looking around as I've just been expressing myself in the bathroom. With, oh. And I walk back out to the hallway, and I go and pick up my stuff, and I look in the bed, and there's the biggest bloke you have ever seen in your life sleeping in the bed. He slept through it all. He slept through it all. So guess what I did? Guess what I did? didn't run as quietly as possible. I picked my luggage up, went out, didn't flush the toilet at this point, just went straight out, went all the way back down to reception, went to reception. I said, uh, the room you just gave me, cut the room key, 335. Yes. I said, Philip Morgan, room 335. And the security guard looks at the computer and goes, oh, my fault, sorry. Room 235, and he cut me a new key. Could have been a big mistake. Imagine if that was a gorgeous woman that would have been in the room. Isn't it? Imagine the distress that could have caused, all because of what? A man making a mistake. We all make mistakes, but there's some mistakes that we make in life that are small. But there are other mistakes that we make in life that have big, big consequences. Aren't there? People that maybe use their mobile phones in cars without thinking. They're just thinking that's one more text that I'll send or whatever. And before we know it, you know, there's an accident that happens and something that they never set out to achieve happens because of a big mistake. Or someone that thinks maybe, oh, I'll, I'll, oh go on, I'll just have one more drink. And then before they know it, it leads to another drink and another drink, and they lose control and the consequences that comes with some of the decisions that we make. I want to share with you from a passage of Scripture where Jesus talks about a big mistake. And the title of my message to you today is called simply that, Big Mistake. Can you turn me to... Uh, God's Word, turn with me to Mark chapter 12, if you have your Bibles with you, and I am going to share with you from verse 12, uh, sorry, verse 13 of Mark chapter 12, and we'll read all the way up through verse 27. Jesus writes this, later they sent some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. 
They came to him and said, Teacher, we know you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. But you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me? He asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. Anyone got a pound coin on them this morning? Come on, someone who's very, very wealthy this morning, can somebody throw at me carefully a pound coin right now? Give me a pound coin. Come on. Is that it? Reese is first. That was it, is it? I was just hoping I'd have a sea of them. Oh, there's another one coming as well. Okay, look, this is great. There's people throwing money at me. You can have it back at the end of the service. But can you tell me what image is on this pound coin that we have here? The Queen. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II is the face that is on our coin. And when we pay taxes in our country, we pay our taxes, don't we? Yeah, we pay our taxes, and when we pay our taxes, we pay it to Her Majesty's Treasury. And that is what is used, and I can't stand it when I hear people that fiddle their taxes, because without us paying taxes, we can't have schools, we can't have roads, we can't have our healthcare system, we can't have all the wonderful stuff that we have around us if we are going to be selfish and self-centered and not pay our taxes. There are legitimate ways for us to invest. If you're in business, you can invest in certain ways that you can get tax advantages. All of you can invest in ISAs and all kinds of stuff that we can do to get tax advantages, to be able to save and to plan financially. But the bottom line is we must render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. So please, please, No cash jobs, no money on the side. Can we all please make sure that we live life in an honorable way, in the way that we honor God with our finances? So, just like you gave me a pound right now, Jesus is holding a denarius. Turn me back to the scripture as as we continue from verse 16. They brought the coin, and he asked them, whose portrait is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. What do you think they were amazed about? What they were amazed about, we'll continue in the scripture, so keep your Bible in it in a moment. What they were amazed about is the authority by which Christ spoke. And what I want to start with this message to help all of us understand is as believers in Christ, we've sung some incredible songs and some incredible words this morning as we've worshipped God, but He has no rival, is one line that we sang this morning. He has no equal. And our authority and our strength as believers is not something that's internal in us. It's not something that comes from us. It's something that comes from God. God gave His Son, Jesus, authority. The Scripture writes, and Jesus says that of Himself, He says, all authority is given to me. 
And I want to tell you that all authority is given to you today. Do you realize that? Do you realize that you have authority in Christ Jesus today? So when you want to stand for the right thing, when you want to do the right thing, when we all want to see right things happen, when we see, want to see justice happen in our world, instead of fighting for it ourselves, we take Christ's authority into our lives and we just live it. Do you get? Yeah. It's a really, really difficult concept to try to understand, but that's what I want to try and explain to you, if I can, this morning. The authority that's yours in the powerful name of Jesus. This week, I had the privilege of sitting down uh, and watching the memorial service of the, re the late Reverend Billy Graham, uh, who was laid to rest this week. What a wonderful, wonderful man of God. And on YouTube this uh, this week, I spent some time, you know how YouTube does that, that uh, recommendation. You might enjoy watching this. You might want to watch this. And it made some recommendations to me because I'd watched the memorial service. YouTube started sending loads of different things my way. And I watched so many tributes from so many different people that Billy Graham remained true to his faith. True to the authority that he has. And he was speaking to an American, um, American uh, late-night show interviewer. And one of the things he was saying, he says, Some people find what you say offensive, Dr. Graham, he said to him. Some people find a lot of your preaching and a lot of the teaching and a lot of the things that you share, they find them particularly difficult things to swallow and you cause people offense. And Billy Graham replied by saying, if they are offended, they need not be offended with me. You see, Billy Graham said, I believe God's word. And I believe God's word to be true. And if they're offended, they need to take that up with God, not me. I am just his spokesperson. And I want to tell you today that we have authority I have authority, huge authority, right here and now, speaking to you and addressing you online. Not authority that comes from a position that I find myself in today. Not authority that men have given me, but an authority that I have that's in Christ. I'll still have this authority no matter where I am and no matter where I choose to find myself and no matter what positions we find ourselves in life, our authority is in Christ. You know, lots of people, they find it difficult to understand that sometimes, you know, they think that they can't influence things and they think that they can't change things without position and without power and without being the prime minister. You know, you can change so much, can't you? In the middle of the civil rights movement, there was a little lady that changed the whole course of history by refusing to give her seat to, uh, by refusing to move and giving a seat to a white person and moving to the black segregated part of the bus. Any of you remember her name? Rosa Parks. And we celebrated, didn't we, in the last year, Rosa Parks and what she did. She was no politician. She had no position, she had no fame, nothing, but she had authority. 
She had authority that she believed in Christ. And that authority was hers that we are no different to each other, no matter what the color of our skin. We are all to be treated the same. Aren't we, church? We have authority. And Jesus is trying to communicate to these people, and that's why he, not trying, he is, sorry, communicating to the Pharisees and the Sadducees at that time. And there's a passage of scripture, I'm going to continue reading it in a moment with you. But basically what they were trying to do is catch him out by his words. And people will try and catch you out by your words all the time. But you just need to smile and wave. Don't worry about it. They're watching you at the office. They're watching all of what you do. Don't bite don't respond to it. Don't take it in. Don't worry about it. Just understand that the way you've chosen to live your life is in alignment with Christ and His Word. And you have all authority in Jesus' name if you follow Him. And so at the end of that passage that he's talking to the Pharisees, he says, Give to God, honor God with what's God. And the rest is actually the rest. He's actually not talking about money and God here. He's actually talking about worldly systems, be it politics, be it, I don't know, family, be it all, whatever. Take the rest. He's saying, give to God the things that are God and give everything else the place that everything else is. Don't worry about it. But honor God with your life and the rest will just look after itself. So he continues in this discussion. And they tried to catch him out again. The Pharisees and the Sadducees are talking about the resurrection. I'll explain to you the difference in their theology in a moment. Then the Sadducees, verse 18, who say there is no no resurrection. You see, if there was no resurrection, and I love this from Pastor Luther Phillips, they were sad, you see. They were sad, you see. Because they didn't believe in the resurrection. Paul says, if there is no resurrection, we have all men most miserable. If you don't believe in the resurrection, then you are sad, you see. They came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and have children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. How many brothers were there? First one married and died without leaving the children. The second one married the widow but also died. No child. It was the same with the third. In fact, all seven left no no children. Last of all, the woman died too. There's a lot of death there, isn't it? At the resurrection, whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses in the account of the bush how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Notice he's saying present text, I am. He's not saying I was. And that's a reflection of the resurrection of the dead that we're seeing right there, that he is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and of Elijah, and of Paul the Apostle, and of Peter, and of Pastor Ivion, and of my father, David James Morgan. They are alive. He is their God right now as well as he can be your God. Verse 27. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. 
you are badly mistaken. You see, a big mistake is a bad mistake, isn't it? I mean, he's not just saying you are mistaken. It's not that you've misunderstood. He's saying to them, you are badly mistaken. Why is he saying to them that they are badly mistaken? We can see the answer in verse 24. Are you not in error? That's the mistake. Because you do not know the scriptures and you do not know the power of God. Many, many people in life make bad mistakes because they don't know the scriptures and they don't know the power of God. We can find ourselves in life making big mistakes too if we don't know the scriptures and the power of God within our lives. You see, they were trying to catch him up with all kinds of technicalities. Uh, I love what Nicky Gumbel says, working on what Pastor Luther Phillips says. Easy way to remember the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the ones that believed in the resurrection and the one that didn't. Have a long-term view that we know it's going to work out one day. If you're a Pharisee, far I see. Far I see. Do you like that? That's Nicky Gumbel's. I like that this morning. And the Sadducees that they don't believe in the resurrection at all. Thank God for the resurrection that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? How do we know that there's a resurrection? How do we know these things, church? The only reason we know this stuff today is because we know the Scriptures and we know the power of God. Please, in your life and in my life, let's not make big mistakes because we don't know the Scriptures and we don't know the power of God. So I want to take you back roughly 500 years right now. Last year, as you know, um, the Reformed Church or the Protestant movement all across the world was celebrating the 500th anniversary of um, Martin Luther, who had nailed his 95 thesis on the door of the church trying to understand how the church had got so lost. How many of you know that churches often get lost? They get lost for the same big mistake that we're talking about here. You see, we can get lost in our lives if we don't know the Scriptures and don't know the power of God. And in the same way in our own lives, we can get lost if we don't know the Scriptures, and know the power of God in our lives. I tell you now, your marriage is going to get lost if you don't know the Scriptures and what the Bible teaches about marriage, and don't, don't know the power of God in your marriage. Your family, good luck trying to keep it all together with teenagers and babies and all of what takes place, because they don't come with a manual, do they? Those little kiddies don't come with a manual of how to, you know, this one. I've got three girls. They're all different. If only God had made them the same, I could have the same. I remember with Sarah or, and, and with Karis, all I needed to do is give them a look. Be the well. That's all I needed to do, and that was it. Right? Can you lean out? Okay, off the big mini quickly lean out, and they would go, they'd go to bed now or be quiet. Oh, with Fee on, it'd be eighth time. It'd be the ninth time. One night, I physically had to carry, <laughs> carry Fionn up to bed. She's holding onto everything, the door, as I'm carrying her up to bed. Timini Gwaley, you're going to bed right now. If only my children had all been the same, it would be so easy. How many of you know that? But I tell you, unless you know the Scriptures, 
and how God teaches us to love our children and to encourage them, but as well as that, to discipline our children and to speak firmly to them when they're wrong and for, them, for us to save them from themselves, for us to teach our children. If you don't know the Scriptures, then you will find yourself in a big mistake. And at the same time, in the way that we live out our family, we've got to have the power of God in our lives so that we don't make big mistakes in the way that we approach the subject. But churches make big mistakes too. And you see, what had happened in the, for the first 1,500 years of church life after Jesus had gone, the churches started to make a little mistake. And a little mistake became a big mistake. And soon we were doing all manner of things that we never intended to in the first place. We started, I'm just saying, Billy Graham is a saint. Do you believe that? He's a saint like me. And like you, you're a saint too. But we started venerating people and giving them a place that was never theirs. We are all saints. I mean... You know, if you feel like it after, you can think of oh, Phil Morgan, wasn't he? When I'm, when I'm dead and buried, you can venerate me if you like. Please don't. Please don't. If, any, if anybody wants to venerate me ever, will you tell them no? I can't see it happening myself. I'm just being honest. But can you imagine that St. Philip? Oh, it's got a nice sound ring to it, does it? God forbid. I'm nothing. I am nothing save for the power of Christ that's come into my life. To him be the glory. To him be the praise that he loved me. I don't even get to understand why I deserve his grace and his mercy. And we would saint people. How mad. But we started doing it. Giving people positions. Started doing all manner of different things. Doing things like the way that our sins are forgiven is that we must do things we must achieve things and if if by god's grace we hit the standard that he has for us who knows that we might find ourselves in heaven one day so i'm going to teach you some latin to finish here in the last five ten minutes any of you want to do some latin this morning fantastic we're going to do some latin and they're called the five solas of the reformation that's what they call the five solas of the reformation and they're basically five principles that we need to have at work in our life and in our church and in our family and in everything that we do. If you have these five things, it will save us from making big mistakes. Are you excited this morning that we're going to learn five things that will save us from making big mistakes? Are you excited? Yes. You're not excited enough? <laughs> yes! And we're going to do it in Latin, Rhys. Hey, Say the first one with me. Sola Scriptura. Yeah, very good. Say it again. Sola Scriptura. Anybody want to take a guess at what that means? Scriptura. Do you want to give it a mess? Scripture. What does that mean? God's Word. And the word sola means alone solo sola and basically what he means by scripture alone by scripture alone we build our lives 
as Christians on this. If you listen to Dr. Graham's teaching on YouTube, you will hear him say time and time again. And you will hear from this platform preached time and time again. The same phrase that came out of the words of Jesus when he was tempted of the devil, which says, God's word says, or Jesus says, it is written. You see, Scripture alone is our authority on life. We believe this. We believe this from cover to cover. The reason we believe it is because it is taught to us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, all Scripture, says Paul to Timothy, is given by inspiration of God and is good for correcting and teaching and training and rebuking in righteousness that the man of God might be fully built up to every good work. Hebrews 4.12 goes on to tell us that the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And we must follow Scripture. Sola Scriptura. Say it with me. And as unpalatable as a lot of it is sometimes, we either believe it or we don't. And the choice that's ours as Christians, and they were called their first at Antioch, weren't they? That's when they, they first became known as Christians. The easiest way to say, find a true Christian is, do they follow God's word or not? By this shall you know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. If we obey that, as Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So it's easy to pick out a Christian because there's fake Christians everywhere, aren't there? People that say that they're Christians. I mean, haven't you seen a fake Gucci back? Bargains, looky looky, come on. Have you been on holiday to the Med? They sell Gucci bags there for 10 euros. They do. Bargain, looky looky. It's not. It might look like a Gucci, but it isn't a Gucci. And the way that we tell a proper Christ follower, the way that we tell a true Christian is do they sit and live and use and believe sola scriptura, that the word of God is their ultimate authority. And churches lose their ways. And they soon start veering away from scripture and making their own things up or removing things. Secondly, sola gratia. Sola gratia. Say it to me. So the first one was. Oh, your Latin is fantastic. Sola scriptura. Secondly, sola gratia. By grace alone. Oh, thank God for his grace. You see. The reason sola scriptura makes sense is so that we don't make big mistakes by veering off of scripture and coming up with our own belief system and our own theology. Our own belief system that, well, if it's good for you and it's good for you, not doing anybody any harm. Live how you want to. That's great, but please don't call yourself a Christian if you want to do that. Say that I've taken myself a few beliefs and put them together. 
And the one of the beliefs that I love that's fundamental, Paul says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourself, not by works, lest any man should boast. It's by grace you have been saved. Sola gratia. And so many, that's the fundamental thing that differentiates us from all other religions and faiths in the world. Every other faith is about us trying to reach God. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do the other in order to try and get to God. And if I'm lucky, I'll be let in. What I love about the Christian faith is that no matter what mistake we've done, no matter how small, no matter how big, He lets us in. And He lets us in by grace, sola gratia, he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more. There's nothing you can do that will make him love you less. How amazing is God's grace? So firstly, sola scriptura. Secondly, sola gratia. Thirdly, Sola fide. By grace, says Paul, through faith. You see, we have to accept God's grace through faith. By faith, we believe the Bible, don't we? We believe this. People are trying to disprove it all the time. People are trying to say that this doesn't work and the authority and, you know, the scriptures, that it's, you know, it doesn't, you know, there's loads of mistakes and everything else. You know, people can try and say what they like. I believe in sola scriptura. Call me mental, but I believe God's word that we have. I believe this to be true and it's the ultimate authority for my life. I believe in God's grace. I believe that Jesus died and he rose again. I believe in the resurrection. I believe that it happened. I believe in the second coming of Christ, that he is coming back. And I believe all of this is active in my life because I have chosen to believe it through faith. Through faith that we come to him. And we say, Lord, will you come into my life? There's lots of stuff that we're trying to work out. Anybody know a know-it-all? Anybody know a know-it-all? I know loads of people that think they know it all. There's only one know-it-all, and he's called God. He knows everything because he made it. Our minds are too puny. I remember reading a book once called Humilitas. I had this wonderful phrase in it. What we know and don't understand far outmasses what we do know and do understand about our universe. How dare us with the little pittle that we know think that we know everything about the world and the universe around us when we know so little. Sola Scriptura, Sola Gratia, Sola Fide. And we come into the end. Sola Christus. Sola Christus. Come on, you all know this one. Your Latin is that good. I know it is. Christ alone. Acts chapter 4, 12 says this. Salvation is found in no other. There is no other name given among men whereby he must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. You see, the Bible is not exclusive. People will say, well, how can Jesus say? He's not saying that it's exclusive at all. Whoever believes may come. 
That's not exclusive. If I want to get into a VIP club in London or whatever, if I wanted to go into one of these top clubs, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't get into them because I am not important enough. That's what we call exclusive. Agreed? But Jesus Christ is selective. All who will may come. There is a door that's open for me. And I could give you all an invitation right now to the VIP club. I could hand them out. I could give you a ticket right now. You have got entrance into that club through my ticket that I'm providing for you. That doesn't make it exclusive. It makes it selective. It makes it selective that providing you use that ticket that's been purchased for you and you walk up at the door and you take the walk in, you will be in, but you can stuff that ticket in your pocket and you can let it rot there if you want and not even bother going to London. Do you get it? Jesus Christ is selective. He says, all of you may come. So, sola scriptura, sola gratia, sola fide, sola Christus, and this last one that I liked, sola di gloria. Solia di gloria. What do you think that means? For his glory alone. Oh, for his glory alone. That's why we love him, isn't it? Because we believed in the scriptures. Because we understand it to be true. Sola scriptura. And we came by the grace that is shown to us by Jesus Christ, sola gratia. And his gift that was sent to us by his death and resurrection became ours. And in faith, sola fide, I reached out to him. Who is him? Sola Christus, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. In order that if I do those four, it all becomes for his glory. You don't need veneration for his glory. Will you stand with me? Will you stand with me right now? I just want us to worship. I just want us to come in these closing moments of the service as the team come and just lead us in praise and worship. Can we come to him and say, oh God, will you prevent us in our lives from big mistakes? Will you help us to obey your word and know his power? You see, that's the big mistake. The big mistake that the Sadducees and the Pharisees had was they were in error because they didn't know the scripture and they didn't know the power of God. I pray, church, that each individual here, that as we live life and we obey those five fundamental teachings that we know to be true from God's word, I pray that it would keep us and keep you from big mistakes. My prayer second for this church, that this church will be the epitome of solia de gloria that we can live it for the glory of God because we know the scriptures to be true. This is Ammonford Bible Church and we're built on the word of God and all that it teaches us and through his grace and through his faith and through Christ alone we are made pure and holy and acceptable in his sight. He's awesome, isn't he church? He's awesome. Come on, let's sing to close.
This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.